Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Nobody really needs or wants home security until it's too late. You've heard the statistics about how many burglaries there are per day. You see the news. You know there are people out there that do bad things. The best way to help protect your home and your property is with an ADT monitored system from Protect Your Home, an ADT authorized premier provider. Call right now to get a free wireless home security system valued at $850. An ADT monitored system can help protect your home from fires, theft, floods, and call for emergency help. Call now to find out more about our $850. $50 free wireless home security system and start enjoying the peace of mind of security today. Call 800-561-2351. 800-561-2351. 800-561-2351. This offers for new customers only. Termination fees apply. $99 customer installation charge and 36-month monitoring agreement required. All for details. License terms and conditions available at secureathome.com. This is a national health alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket costs. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a free meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pedometer as our special gift to you. We have knee, back, and other braces available, as well as pharmacy services. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and you have insurance, we can help. Monday, uh, Sherry McKellar should be on about 20 minutes. So she she asked me that asked if you and I could try to hold it down till the big boss get back. All right. So you know, so how's everything going with you? How's the how's the campaign going? Uh, how's the campaign going down in Arkansas? Things in Arkansas are progressing quite well. Our focus now is uh. We have a meeting that's scheduled at my residence on March 16th, and uh, there are 25 people who've committed to be here, and we're going to be focusing on uh, voter registration, voter education, and voter mobilization. We're trying to get ahead of the 
curb when it comes to the November general election by being prepared and canvassing uh, the neighborhoods and going out there and getting those folks who other people consider mean nothing or mean little. We're going to mobilize and get those folks registered, educate them, and be sure that in November have a source of transportation to get them to the polls. So that's what's happening in Arkansas. And there's another piece of, I think, exciting news. There's a African-American uh, male who is running for the Arkansas Supreme Court, and uh, he uh, his okay. name is Alton Jones. Yes, he's an Arkansan, and uh, he is an attorney, and uh, he is running uh, for that office, and we are hopeful, and uh, our energy is being spent to see him through the primary uh, here on March 5th here in our area. So that is, uh, in essence, what is taking place in Arkansas. Uh, and I'd like to uh, thank everyone who on the show and who's been in support of my candidacy uh, and looking forward to perhaps sometimes in the future a further collaboration to uh, bring to pass what we believe to be uh, change. We think that the tide is turning, and we believe that with work uh, and uh, hard work and with uh, diligent thoughts and doing it the right way, uh, come November, uh, let the cards fall where they may. That's where we are in Arkansas. Now, you know, Ben, you know, because, you know, you're a change agent. Uh, when you first started the campaign, of course, you were more or less a blank slate, and the campaign was too. Uh, so, I, and I know it's only been a short period of time, but what have you learned? Uh, what have you picked? What have you noticed? What, what, what kind of, uh, have you seen any type of dynamic shifts, uh, uh, vibrations? Well, what, what's going on? With you? I mean, have you, have you noticed anything different? I know you have, but what have you noticed different since you started this campaign? Well, if shift can be defined in people's movement based on information about my candidacy, <clears throat> I would like to place this before our hearers that uh, my opponent uh, has summoned uh, two uh, African-American businessmen in my city to meet with him at his office to talk about uh, my uh, candidacy, and uh, this is obviously a signature that my being in the race is making a difference. Otherwise, I don't think two black men would have been called to report and to discuss me without me being informed or without me being on site. So when I think about that kind of uh, effort being put forward, to me it says that we must be doing something right. We must be mm -hmm. doing something that is impacting matters, and we must be doing something that is effective. So I've seen mm -hmm. that uh, as a reality. And I'll tell you something that may be a little hard to swallow, but what I have not seen, I have not seen <clears throat> African American people in my immediate area contributing uh, to the campaign by way of volunteerism or mm -hmm. financial. That uh, that disturbs me to a certain degree, but maybe it's because folks have to wait until the primary is over to find out, you know, who I really am all, what am I about, and what's my mm -hmm. uh, what's my platform about. 
And uh, if anyone is interested, my website, connect.car or AR at gmail.com has been up since last Friday. So everything that uh, someone Mm -hmm. would want to know or be interested to know about me and what my aspirations are, I reveal that on that website, including what's called a donate button. Shout out to my daughter, Carmen Thompson, who built the website and put it together. And it is, I think, professionally done. I think it's Mm -hmm. easy to navigate. So I'm hoping that uh, we will get on board with understanding that uh, just like it takes money to pay the bills at our houses, it takes money to pay the bills of a campaign. So with that in mind, I'm just uh, optimistic that I'll see a uh, surge of involvement mm-hmm. on behalf of the black community uh, in the next uh, weeks to months to come. Well, you know, Malcolm called, called people like that. He called them house people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. People want to better to uh, uh, keep your house, evidently. Uh, uh, like say, oh, okay, so you, okay, so you've, uh, but you do see some movement. You, of course, you know, you have to understand that you're just starting your campaign. You're just putting up your website, just getting all your stuff in place. Uh, right. You're going to be in. So basically, that's really, that's really when all that's going to come into play. Now, as you well know, you know, I ran a campaign one time with $3, tank of gas. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so I know you got three dollars. <laughs> yeah, I got three dollars. Got, got a little bit. Yeah, I got about three bucks and then some. Uh-huh. Three dollars and some change. I got that. Yeah, got a tank of gas. Yeah. You got more authority sitting in the back seat. Yeah, sitting in the back seat, saying "Go right ahead." Yeah. Yeah. So you just keep on pushing, and and uh, you know, it'll come together. Like I say, you know, they probably remember now. They haven't seen a candidate, a candidate like you before. So they're still trying to figure out, you know, was you, did, did you go up to the house with them? And they went <laughs> up there and started saying, they're trying to figure out yeah. if you, if you was, you know, they might be telling folks that you was with them. Oh, yeah, oh, he was with us. <laughs> could be, could be, could be. So, uh, you know, just stay with your base, though. You know, your base is, is uh, you know, they, you know, that's who you, I mean, that's who you need to be, you know, base just, just work with them. And, uh, you know, I think some good things will happen in the fall. Like I said, action will start really after the primary. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, you know, just know that. Uh, so, what, so, so, so what's going on in, uh, so what you've seen on the national scene that, that piqued your interest? You've seen anything on the national uh, well, uh, scene? Well, as a matter of fact, I, I received a uh, text today on mm-hmm. one of my, friends in Florida who sent me out a uh, link uh, that Robert Reich uh, has done on uh, fascism. And he's done a about 30 or 40 minute video uh, where he's explaining uh, fascism, nationalism, and he's pointing in the direction of what is happening now with the presidential campaign and the run is being made, he's making some very accurate comparisons to a personality and the idealism of fascism and what it actually entails. So on the national scene, I think that uh, P. 
people are needing to become aware of what is beyond the shallow. I'm told that you have to really double-check your thinking on what you see on the news because what you see on the news is what someone wants you to see. But Robert Reich has had a federal uh, position, I think, under mm-hmm. President Clinton and somewhat and Reagan, so he, he has his ducks in a row. And here's a white man who is telling the world, watch out for what's coming, because if you put in who could be put in, you're facing a, a fascist threat in the United States of America, and that mm-hmm. will be a that will create a national slash global shift in things uh, if that perhaps has takes place. Well, you know, uh, as you well know, uh, you know, I've been calling that out for the last almost three years now, and uh, mm-hmm. I wrote an article. I wrote an article on. I wrote an article and explained what to explain what fascism is with North Africa set. And basically what I did, I basically just went over American history, right? American history yeah. and up to this point. And then you look at fascism, we actually created it. Fascism, yeah. American, American product. So we actually created uh, it. If, if, if anybody looked at, uh, look at the definition of fascism and then you look at how America came to be, hey, it's the very definition. So mm-hmm. we've always had, you know, just like Hitler, when he came, when he got ready to do, the, do his thing over there, and not, by the way, it was some black people in Germany at that, Germany at that time, too. But when he got ready to do his thing, he came to the American South and took the laws and rules from the apartheid we had here in the South to implement his program, you know, to, to, to show that's where he got it from. Right. So we have to understand and quit pretending. Uh, you know, a lot of folks want to pretend, oh, this fascism, where did it come from? Oh, well, uh, right in your backyard is where it came from. Right. You know, <laughs> right. Right. You know so we need to understand that, you know, uh, America, we have a, ten- a tendency to, when something happened like 9-11, you know, everybody was clutching their pearls on. As a matter of fact, white folks was a nice guy I ever seen them for about a month. But anyway. Sure, y'all terrorizing us, you know. I mean, terrorism, you know. Again, America has experts, always have experts in it. Yes. And I always be pretending that that, that that ain't, that it's just somewhere else, like we don't have any hand in it. And so, you know, but again, you know, we're, we're the time revelation, information being revealed. So uh, it's a lot of information about what America has done with the European Union over the years to Africa. And to us, but to Africa particularly, to keep it in that position, but they still uh, keep stealing all their resources. So that's so that's happening. That's not on the major news channels, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of action going on in Africa right now. I'd encourage people to go and uh, for themselves go and look at some of the news reels. Uh, it's, it's a lot of them on YouTube. You can find what's going on. You know uh, that that yeah. brings me to a question: Why is it that it seems to be so difficult? to get uh, black people in the United States collectively to determine and to decide 
we're going to study this thing uh, called fascism. We're going to look at Africa and see what is emerging from the continent so that we can be aware of how the world actually is turning. I think that I think that we are immersed in technological devices. I think we're kind of I think we just our eye is not on the ball, if you will, when it comes to knowing what we should know about the movement in Africa and about the fascist uh, movement that's on the way right around us. And I feel like people like yourself uh, could be very, very useful in in spreading the word via perhaps like a Zoom uh, show where you, you come on the Zoom and we come on the, the Zoom link there and sit and listen to you or someone in your field of endeavor explain these things to us because once we once we see ourselves in the mirror and our hair ain't combed and our teeth aren't brushed, you see, there's something on our face. Once we see ourselves in the mirror, to me, we become committed to make a decision to make a change. So I'm really curious about the 42 to 44 million African-American people in this nation, why we still have a lackadaisical attitude about learning. And as you said a moment ago, there's so much out there on YouTube that's worthy of our time and attention. And I'm just well, in a I'm just in a fog or funk about what's happening with us that we won't read, that we won't buckle down and say, I'm gonna you know, we're gonna learn. That what's happening to us? You have no doubt. I try to stay away from that word we because it's so all encompassing. Okay. Because there are just what you're saying, and okay. kind of, and I want to diss them by saying we we what well, we no 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 some of us some of us some are us. some of us okay. but but the good news is this, this this movement I'm talking about this pan African movement is actually just starting so it's not like you know I mean you know like yeah we had like Du Bois and them and we had like uh, you know we did the South Africa thing Nicky Lee and them and all that we got a lot of that that was Pan Africanism that was us Americans mm-hmm. working with Africa. Uh, of course, they went and killed all the, all, all the black folks that were trying to make the change, and so the CIA went in and killed everybody. So this time, the dynamics are different. Mm-hmm. So leveraging BRICS, the new economic system against the West, because the West okay. just seemed to do the neo-colonialism thing. So anyway, so that's what the battle is going on over there right now. Uh, South Africa took U.S. Uh, I mean, took China. I mean, not China, but took Israel to the, you know, to the courts, to, you know, to work courts, and so, and so now they're, you know, uh, 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 you know, I think they put in a claim against the United States as far as what they're letting all that killing go on in, in Israel. So uh, I'm saying there's some powerful dynamics going on in Africa. Uh, there's going to be a global shift. Our kid, now, now, what I want folks to know is that, is that if you go and check them out. Uh, you know, uh, African-Americans, we are the leaders of the diaspora. We are the leaders of the diaspora. What mm-hmm. we do here, whether it be Black Lives Matter or police brutality, they, they, you know, they follow it up in Africa. So we have to understand that we have a responsibility as African-Americans. You know, a lot of people don't know that after World War II, the Tuskegee Airmen's, right, you know, the racism and discrimination, a lot of a group, a group of them went over to Ethiopia and started Ethiopian Airlines. 
Okay. You know, okay. so, you know, a lot of people don't know the, the connections that's always been there between us, you know, you know, between black folks in Africa and so forth. And we couldn't work with them openly because of the Cold War, you know, and that type of thing. You know, Russia and the United States was, was on, you know, you know, doing their thing, you know. And at the same time, when they had the wars going, they were stealing, stealing resources. And so, and so the bottom line of it is, you know, and the same dynamic is at work over here, just like we don't, you know, like we have a two, over $2 trillion uh, buying, uh, 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 buying power, but we don't, but we can't scale. You know, the system is set up where we can't scale anything for ourselves. And so we just, you know, we're just market for people. People come from, you know, we know who's coming to America because they put them in our neighborhood first. And, That's true. And, and, That's true. And, and, and so, you know, so we just, you know, we just consume it. You know, they make their money, then they go on. And the next crew come in, so we're just a business plan, and, and yeah. that's happening. Because, and that's happening because our city council people all over the United States uh, are letting these people come in because they come in. These people come in with their own. You know, people say, "Well, why don't y'all just compete with them?" They have their own banks. They have their own banks. They have their own financing. They don't come yeah. over here and go to a loan. They already got money, sure. and so you tell them, and then so. You take the, and that's why politicians is what we need to get on them about a corporate score and a culture score because they they taking the money they taking the money and then getting me in your face and say well why don't y'all compete yeah. you know what I'm saying you know that's you know same what they do doing the folks in Africa you know you go you know like that Eric Eric uh, uh what's his name you know with with, with a Blackwater the, the, the mm-hmm. DOD mercenary mm-hmm. group you know he mm-hmm. t- you know he t- we need to re uh, colonize Africa this type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So this, so this, what we, so this is the mentality that we're dealing with. Is what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. uh, but we got a lot of work to do. So, uh, but there is a lot of stuff going on. Again, it, it, the, the movement just, it's just this level is just now, and this is a crucial piece because they're, what they're doing also they're removing, they're, they're moving those uh, lines. You know how they divide them up into 54 countries. That that in effect kept all of them powerless because they couldn't work with each other. Mm-hmm. Right, and they had them lines where they couldn't, but they, they had borders. They was keeping each other out of each other's borders, and so now what they're doing now, uh, different countries getting together and dropping their lines where they can start moving around like they used to, and so and so that's a you know because that that those lines was also a European design to keep you know divide and conquer, literally divide and conquer. Mm. And so they are. Good evening, right. gentlemen. Oh, can I jump in? Strategy. Well, hello there. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm enjoying listening. How are you yeah, doing, both of you? How are you doing, Dr. Carr? How are you doing? All is fraternity? well. All is well. One. I hope things are well with you. All, all, is, all is well. Busy, but well. We, this, this is election season, so, you know, we're working these polls and trying to get people to get out there to vote. Oh, they yeah. Vote. yeah. I'm, I'm looking down yonder. <laughs> Well, you know something? <laughs> it's not not so you're so funny. Not 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 so badly, as a matter of fact. They, they, they're working on coming out, but we're trying to end uh, Black History Month and everything. So we got one more big event this Friday night, and uh, we're mm. really looking forward. To, we're really looking forward to that change that's going about to take place in this in, in our community. It's uh, it's good. just been a great experience to uh, partner with. Tyler Independent School District. So, if you guys would allow me, I want to I want to publicly thank TISD and the Cardwell Arts 
Academy. The principal is Dr. Bobby Markle, and it's just been outstanding working with him and uh, his educators, Miss um, Sonia Hunter, Miss Lillian uh, Brooks, better known as My Joy. Uh, Dr. Dexter Floyd, who's actually running for, uh, he's running for City Council District 2, and um, let's see, a couple so more, and then, of course, those from the city of Tyler that's working uh, in conjunction with me. I mean, it's just been an outstanding experience. Our, our event this past Friday, we featured the Dallas Black Dance Troupe, and Miss Pamela Irwin was honored one of her students that she had when she opened the dance factory uh, actually is dancing professionally. She danced in New York, and now she's dancing in Dallas. And so she's close to the home now because she's born and bred in Tyler, Texas. As a matter of fact, on my street is my young neighbor, and uh, both her parents have not passed away, but they would be very, very proud of the great work that she is doing. So I just wanted to let everybody know out there that how, beautiful this experience has been with uh, collaborating with Black History with Tyler ISD, so in particular, that particular school of art. So I think this is something that we need to do every year because this is what I say, gentlemen, that there's so many Black History programs going on. I I actually made four Black History schools on uh, Thursday and two events on Friday, and I have been running all I'm talking about all month long. So I said, I'm going to call a meeting and pull all these organizations together and let's start collaborating and so that it won't be so hard on, I mean, well, let me back up. So that so that all of the events will be well, well um, attended. But attended. if you have Amen. two or three of them going on at the same time, then, be sure, then, be sure, yeah. be sure, be sure what it is. That's that's the price of fame you gotta pay. Fame I, I, I'm sorry. Collaborate a little bit more because it, yeah, I, I tell you unequivocally though it has really been a, a great pleasure to collaborate with TISD and and sure. Pastor Cooper I don't know if you know this or not but I, I I told my frat brother that I almost dropped the mic and became speechless and that's not something I'm usually not speechless but in one of our meetings they uh, announced that they will be giving a uh, Shirley McKellar, Irwin McKellar Community Service Award each year uh, for a to a young student who is big and active in community service and will give a scholarship in my name each year at the end of the school year. Uh, a, a blessed student who has given lots of their hours to community service will get the scholarship in my name. And then well, we're not surprised, award. and congratulations. We're not Thank surprised. Thank you, but I was. <laughs> but I, was. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see that one coming. I did not. So, 
so it, it's I'm humbled by by that. But uh, but yes, it, it, it's been really, we know it's really, it's been really great. If, what, what was that, Brad? You know somebody. We know somebody. Know somebody. <laughs> I see. Okay, I do too. <laughs> and that's Dr. Carr, Pastor Cooper, and for, it, by the way, is uh, is Dr. Hadmiel with us tonight? I'm Pete no, Foster, friends of yeah. Okay then. All right. Well, I, I didn't hear anything from him, so I hope he's feeling uh, feeling okay. Uh, he's been out there. I tell you what, uh, Dr. Carr and and everybody. He's Dr. Hagney has been out there on that. He spoke at uh, at his um, Democratic Party. He's a Democrat, so he spoke at uh, the. He's in uh, Jacksonville, which is uh, Cherokee County. So he spoke at the Cherokee County Democratic Party meeting on last week. Oh. So uh, yeah, the end of last week. So that was that was really good. But the people are turning out. I want to see more of of people that look like me turn out, uh, and uh, us. So um, so that that's the way it's looking for us down here. A fat dissertation. You wanted to really really know. I the first day I worked in Lindale, and. 250 people turned out, which is really good because Glendale is a small community, as you know. And out of those 250, there were five black people that turned out. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's that's what I mean by that. But they've gotten, they're much better, of course, in Tyler, in Smith County, because it's, it's, well, in Tyler, let's put it like this, because Glendale is also Smith County. But uh, but but I, I want to turn uh, to a topic, gentlemen. That I don't know if any of you all saw uh, a the view today. Did you see it, Frat, by chance? No, I, I was. I didn't see it. And, and and let me tell you, I did not see it, but I got funk. And the reason why I did not see it because I was out collecting. Uh, I sold actually fourteen tables for our event on this coming uh, Friday night. And we only have 22 tables, so I sold 14 of those and pop, may possibly have another wow. tomorrow. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's going to be at Willowbrook Country Club. It's going to be a, a, an amazing event, a beautiful, beautiful. I, I just wish you all could be here to see it, but I'm, I'm going to make sure somebody goes live on Facebook so that you can hear some of the talent that we right, have a right. young black you talking about black brilliance we have some these young students are amazing um, so so I'm going to have this young lady from Texas College to sing and I and I said she sang Friday night at uh, at the Legacy High School that's that's old Robert old Robert E Lee High School so you would have thought that this young girl because she's a young lady, I think she's about she's like her second year of, of at Texas College. So what she's probably nineteen, no more than twenty. But her voice was so amazing. To, I mean, it chills ran over me when, and I, I immediately said, "I want this young lady on our program Friday night." And she's saying, "A change is going to come," and, oh, wow. and it's already come, right? Would you say that it's come, gentlemen? <laughs> so Absolutely. She's, Listen, she sang that song, so I'm going to make sure that, and so you guys can go on Facebook Live. It's, uh, it begins at 6.30 uh, Friday evening. Uh, there's a reception from 5.30 to 6.30, and then the, um, then the program, the banquet actually begins at, uh, 
at 6.30. So it's going to be an amazing evening, and we'll be featuring uh, 10 of the first black families this time. And, and Dr. Carr, I think I mentioned this to you that we did last year was the first time that we did that. We covered uh, 11 families last year, those that helped build Smith County that came off of the plantations and uh, laid the bricks. We have something called Brick Streets here in Tyler. Yeah. They laid the bricks. Yeah. They helped to build the, the um, our city hall. and They helped to build our uh, jail. They just built up everything down here. So we featured them, those that came off of plantations and, and the directions that they went. So we have another 10 families that we're featuring. We're going to continue this until we can feature all the families that helped to build uh, this community, Smith County. So Mr. Arthur's family is going. He's going to eventually get started in his his neck of the woods where his family came from and all the work. But our 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 children, our offspring. I won't call them children. Our next generation needs to know the struggles and the things that their ancestors went through, and which says that. They don't have to go through any of these struggles like like our ancestors did, and there's no reason for them not to succeed and be highly educated, right? Get that education. Amen. Amen. Right. But 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 back to the view. So so what that was about? I got several phone calls about. Did you see the view? And I did not. And 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 I went a long long ways around, but I was out collecting the money, and so that's why I did not see it. But Dr. Phil was on Dr. Phil. the view today. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, ooh, so he, okay. <laughs> so I, <laughs> well, I want you guys to Google uh, a view today, and I mean, we, once we get off the show, and then so you can really get a good picture of it. But I've been talking about these young children who are in these programs that need to be placed some someplace. They have a program called Seawalk. That's children without placement, and uh, and so they're find, trying to find areas to uh, people who want to take care of these children that have experience in doing so uh, to take on the project of helping to get these children squared away and in foster care, whether they're in uh, emergency shelters and or um, just wherever you can place them. So in the meantime. Dr. Phil is on The View talking about it, and how about this, guys? So let me just share this quickly. Uh, In this Seawalk program, I found out that children, they pay $1,100 per day per child throughout the month, and these children can stay in your facility up to seven months, and then you're supposed to try to find them a permanent dwelling, whether it's uh, whether you get them adopted out or whether you have to, to set them up to come back to, to remain in your facility until you can get them stationed. But you got to be working on trying to get them a permanent housing, right? So Dr. Mm-hmm. Phil, listen to this, have bought so many acres of land outside of Dallas, Texas, He's working on getting the contract one of the to house the kids. Many of them come from the border that have come into the country and need to be placed someplace. 
Now, think about that uh, for just a second of the amount. Now, why is it that more people don't know about this? And the more people I'm talking about are the people that look like you and me. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, yes, I know about these projects and I know about these programs simply because I had a contract for 20 years with Child Protective Service that we counsel with sexually and physically abused women and children. And then I owned a school. Wait just a second. So then I owned a school for 20 years. So I had Child Protective Service kids in the school, mm-hmm. uh, even though they were in their homes, but they were in our school. And of course, the state paid for the mothers to, it's called the Welfare to Work Mothers Program, where the mothers went to work or in our school and are both. And then the children mm-hmm. came to our school. So now you went, let's dialogue a little bit on that. Now go ahead. Uh, I think somebody was say, uh, was that uh, you? Okay. Uh, okay, go you ahead. Say you didn't know. I'm sure you were. No, no, no. Uh, I didn't say I didn't know. No, hold up. Okay. I do okay. know. I did. I just explained to you why I know because for okay. 20 okay. years I had a contract with mm-hmm. Child Protective Service that I counsel with sexually and physically abused women and children. And then I owned a school for 20 years. So I had a contract and had them Mm -hmm. in my school. Now I'm talking about regular people who have not been involved. Like I've been involved with children. Don't know about about it. Now you go ahead. Now go ahead. I'm not trying to find Dr. Phil in it. I know why he's in it, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. because, yeah, he's in because because what they're doing is basically an indoctrination program. They're setting up an indoctrination program for these folks. They for these folks when they come in here, based what it amounts to, and they're going to direct. But listen, listen to how much what I just said. They, they get eleven hundred. But listen to this. Yeah, eleven. They get eleven hundred dollars per day per uh-huh. child. Think about now, this. Gonna, if, if, yeah. Go ahead. Well, all I'm just saying is that I'm just saying that the, the money is the indoctrination. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, the money is indoctrination because first of all, you don't take eleven hundred dollars. We can put them in hotels. We can put them in the, you know, in the Marriott. Uh, you know, well, they, cheaper than well, that. Well, this in, uh, Fred, it's interesting that you said that. It is so interesting that you said that, simply because we have some right here in Tyler, Texas, in a hotel. See? It's wow. so interesting that you said that. In wow. hotel, right now in the hotel here in our city. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody else trying to. I heard somebody else trying to say something. That you doc, which one of you docs was there? Okay, go ahead. I'm listening. Uh, I'm all ears. I'm all ears. You all, you all ears. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and Doctor Doctor Carl, let me just share this with you, and then I will let Pastor Cooper have something because because he's our psychologist, and and of course that's what Doctor Phil is, and so and we say all the time that of course these children need these children need to be cared for. They need to know that people love and care for them. And I'm I'm talking about Amer- I'm just talking about American children right now, but we, but we got a whole new group that's coming in, but. But the reason why these kids are so confused and so messed up is because they haven't had the love that's needed and somebody to show them that they really care about them. And because the parents are on drugs or or having all kinds of issues that they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis or they have these kids too young or they think they can be friends with their children instead of being parents to them, 
I mean, it's all kinds of issues, but we'll turn it over to you, Pastor Cooper, and uh, and, and ask you to dialogue with us on this. But I, I just thought it was quite interesting because this is something that we have been working with. This, I, I served on the board of one of the one of the facilities here, and now we've been for the last what several months now we've been working on going back toward that direction. And then we we hear about Dr. Phil about all of this acreage. They said 547 acres of land that he bought oh. somewhere outside of Dallas. He's going to make a complete compound because keep in mind there's tons and tons and tons of kids coming from across the border in here, mm-hmm. and they got to be placed somewhere. But go ahead, uh, Pastor Cooper. And in Correct. Minus. And yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, there's so many. I just read an article today where the governor of Texas spent $150 million busing migrants uh, to New York and Chicago and various That's places. Right. And Texas taxpayers' money, yes, sir. Go ahead. Correct. And, and, and instead of using that money in our own local communities and schools and all of those other issues we have, so that's a whole other subject for another day. But I, I, I kind of sort of like, and I, and I, I, I can hear – uh, uh, Brother Arthur speaking about Dr. Phil sound like he's not one of his most favorite people in the world. But I do <laughs> like the idea of what he's doing because uh, when I was running for office, I noticed there's land between, as a matter of fact, wherever there's not a bucket, you need to purchase the land because wherever bucket is, the land is increasing in value. Uh, there you go. On the, yeah, on the quarter uh, of I 10. San Antonio all the way to El Paso. That's roughly about three to four hundred um, miles of undeveloped territory, and it's very right. moving expensive land. Huh? But, but Mike, but Mike, I'm not yeah. talking about. Look at this. Phil's idea. This ain't his. He's a part of. Oh, I understand it. I never, yeah, but government. sometimes so in order to get the ball to roll, we, we have to piggyback on what they're doing because they don't listen to us or don't put us in position to. to Tap into that money. Matter of fact, we have a local state representative. I'm going to ask Dr. Carr about his candidacy right now uh, in, in a few minutes. But we have a local representative. He's like family to me. I mean, he's like my own son. Uh, uh, Joe Desitel stepped down. But there are a lot of people that are still questioning him and saying, hold on, is he the right choice? Because how much money has he uh, brought to our community? There are a lot of nonprofits, 501s, like uh, Dr. McKellar was talking about earlier. Schools right. have grant money and money from the government, right. from the federal government, uh, that's available to you, even if it's charter schools. I am a charter school candidate, matter of fact. So we don't we get to learn each other o- over these uh, airways. And, and so, I, again, I'm enlightened and, and excited uh, about those things. So I'm going to watch it a little closer because it needs to happen. And then we can take that same pattern because we don't have to uh, reinvent the wheel because those folks are suffering what we've been suffering all of our lives uh, because of uh, four and five mm-hmm. generations of slavery. Uh, PTSD is real. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I went to the border, at nighttime, they would put bicycle racks at the end of the tent row. Y'all have seen those before. And uh, when they were waiting to, to cross over the border, waiting for their uh, assigned uh, appointment, court date, and things like that, they have the phones uh, plugged in, waiting for the phone call. But at nighttime, when it got dark, everyone was was fearful, afraid, and uh, it used to be uh, 
what is it, 13? Uh, what's the group? The, uh, I forget the, oh, yeah, I forget that, the name. That, uh, yeah, we know who you're the talking gang. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gang? Yeah, But anyway, right. they would kidnap the girls and, and bring yeah. them into uh, trafficking, sex trafficking. That's right. Well, That's right. that was bad enough. Then they told me that the little boys, they do the same thing to them and, and, and right. introduce them to sex trafficking whether it's male or male, female, or whatever it is. And right. so at nighttime, these guys would come in there uh, and, and take their children. And, it, I mean, they just dreaded, you know, uh, uh, dark, the, the, the dawn of the day. So it, that's just one example of why I, I, I think, I don't know, I, I think it's a good idea uh, to, uh, to not only do in, in those big cities like Dallas, but also in those undeveloped areas. And then bring right. in their churches, schools, uh, bring in uh, counselors, and bring in uh, medical doctors, Dr. Hagney's program, the, uh, the, the octopus plan. Bring in all of those things, and then we continue to study that. And at the same time, we continue to promote that and bring it back to our own communities. But it takes money, and there's government money that's available for it. There's state, uh, state money. There's federal money. Matter of fact, there's more right. federal money that's than right. a lot of people think. Uh, we, we have a local school. I, I think Harmony Academy is all over Texas now. I think they have about 10 or 12 different locations now as a charter school. I don't agree with a lot of them, but this school is actually making a difference. And they had a lady, a principal, that decided to write a grant, and she wrote a grant for $30 million in an old market basket grocery store. They built an uh, auditorium and gymnasium mm-hmm. with a $30 million grant from the federal government. The money is there. We need to learn how to tap into it or have someone show us to, to help ourselves because the money's there. I'm glad you brought the money part up because let me share this with you. There's an organization here in Tyler called Arrow, and they, they have four families for children. They just received 850 million with an M dollars to mm-hmm. to be the exclusive person so if I want to op- reopen my facility again and start ca- taking care of these students I have to go through them because the state gave in, in my region the state gave all the money to that one organization that mm-hmm. one and now they're in so, charge of distributing the money throughout the community. That's exactly correct. It's that's a lazy exactly. way because to be racist true. and prejudiced right. towards well, one well, group the of te- people. Right. Sure. And the, te- we'll see, the Texas Department of Health and Human Services is trying to get out of the, the task of distributing the money out. And that's also their way of no longer being responsible for having these children sleeping mm-hmm. in their offices, because you do know they sleep in some of these offices. Even when I had the contract, mm-hmm. they were sleeping in offices, and they were saying, can't you guys take more kids? Can't you take more kids? So, Shirley, so they're Mike. doing whatever it takes to get out. Go ahead, Fred. Shirley and Mike, you know, y'all actually making my point. And, and it, it, the, the point is just like up in – you know, just like up in uh, Chicago, okay, them folks, you know, all, them, they brought the folks in. All of a sudden, they found, government found all this money to do all this stuff. And I think that's what the, and that's what people, 
uh, when, when people go, oh, my goodness, that's what they're talking about. They're going, okay, okay, you got $1,100 a day for, for this program here, but we got, you know, we got folks here with the same issues right here. Well, you know, where is a program like that? And so I think what, that's what, what they, now which which folks yeah. are you, now which folks are you talking about? Because because now this keeping in mind let's let's keep it hold up just a second let's keep it separate. This money has been for American children only. I'm not talking about the children at the border. That's brand spanking new. I'm talking about this program have been in existence way back. You know how long ago it was. They, when I, when, wait, wait just a second. When I had the children, and we think about this, it was in the, it was in 1980s. When I had, we got $275 per child at that time. So now it, it, it's, <clears throat> and then we, we were able to apply for the USDA food program to feed the children. But now, now these children, keep in mind, they're no, they're no longer going home to parents. These, we're talking about children that don't have a home to go to. They, mm-hmm. They've been put out on the streets or their family was into drugs and, or they are in jail mm-hmm. or, or whatever. These are all American kids. So the right. reason why the money has increased tremendously is because, first of all, these are troubled kids. And 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 Doctor, uh, I'm sorry, Pastor Cooper can address this more. These kids are on medications, so, so you got to make sure they get their medication. You got to make sure that they got caregivers that know how to take care of them, like Pastor Cooper. They're, they cannot just be regular people that don't have the background to take care. So you got to pay big money to take care of these kids. Uh, you you got you're gonna have to have a, a nurse that has has a. Um, uh, she has a psych background. Are you going to have to have a psychologist or a social worker? All there's all kinds of people that you got to pay. And, and because of the income, there's a shortage of okay. all of those titles that you just get. There's yes, a shortage sir. of those. Matter of fact, <laughs> I was uh, inquired upon the other day. Uh, someone said, "What are you doing now with your degree?" And like, I said, "I am doing something other than what you're doing daily." struggling with all of those patients that you have because it's not lucrative. Uh, unfortunately, it just, it's just not. Uh, but, so now you also have nurse practitioners that's, that's now working with psychologists and therapists to, to help out and assist to, to meet that's the right. needs of the folks. And that's unfortunately, y'all, you got, a lot you of folks don't look well, you got to have yes. a physician to check them every month, even though you may have a nurse practitioner uh, right. uh, overseeing them. But you got to have that psychiatrist to psychiatrist, oversee yes, them once a month, even though you may Which have a nurse, n- nurse sure. practitioner who has a background in psych. And nothing against the psychiatrist, on a day, but on a daily they're not going to do the dirty work. They're not going to do the everyday nitty-gritty work. So that's left up to most social workers. A lot of social workers are doing therapists and psychologists' uh, uh, jobs, uh, and they're not receiving the pay, and they're underpaid. Uh, you think school that's teachers are making money? And, and I'm going to tell you who I used when I had the, when I was in the program. And had, I used social workers and psychology yes. students at University of Texas. That's Correct. There you go. There you because go. they need, how about they needed that? They needed that clinical anyway, did they not? It's about five thousand hours, I think, is what it. I, I there you go. The that's number. what I'm talking about. But, that, and that's, but that's the reason going, why I, I, I never stopped. Yeah. Go ahead. Right. Very good. 
I'm going right. back to that. That's what I'm going to do when I open my open up, back up to take these children back. And well, we're the other on thing I, that you have to look at, and, and since you've had the school for 20 years, you know this. You have to invest. I just uh, met another grant writer. You have to have grant writers because when you receive these mm-hmm. grants, a lot of them uh, are descending, which means that you may get three hundred thousand uh, dollars this month, but next year for the year you mm-hmm. may get two hundred thousand. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to continue mm-hmm. to go on five mm-hmm. other or, or, or grants. You, or you may get it for three interest. years, and then you got to figure you, out. Or five years, you got to figure out how you're going to sustain it, right? Amen. Yeah, amen. So, so one of my nonprofits is get on the uh, bus with us. It started off as get on the bus with Christ. Oh, I like it. But because it was, oh yeah, because it was, a, I had to take Christ out of it though. So there you go. Uh, so now it was just after school programs and things like that. Well, the first year I was able to uh, obtain one million dollars. I had a local grant writer, but the, his his biggest concern was, okay, we take off great and we have all these buses and all these people. He said, but next year you're going to be in trouble because a lot of those grants are right. going away. So now you, you've you hired all of these folks. I have a, a payroll of $350,000 a month, and I'm only in operation for 10 months. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the struggle with grant money and writing and, and trying to obtain. And there's very few grant writers out there because then those that are using the grant writers, they feel like they are not worth their salt, but they are. You need to pay them, and you need to pay them their salt worth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to so A lot of people want to use grant writers, so and they don't pay them. Brad, how that money is divvied out and dispersed out, because immediately when people hear that, they immediately say what what Mr. Arthur said. You don't need that much money to take care of a it child. It takes a lot of money. It takes a <laughs> lot of money. And then you have to feed them five meals a, a day. Because they have to have snacks, they have to have a, a quality of meal, and you're really doing something. Uh, because I used to look at the numbers, if you can get a meal down to two dollars and seventy-five cents, but that same meal would cost an individual if you went out into the stores to get them, because you get discounts and, and, and vouchers and fees. Uh, uh, right. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, percentages off. Uh, that same meal will cost about twenty-five dollars, and that's just one right. of the five meals. And you have that's, to have the food available to them or they would not grant you the money. At all times. That's correct. And now let me tell you what's <laughs> now. Those that are staying in the hotel, let me tell you what they're, they're doing. Of course, the hotel has a breakfast so they can eat the breakfast there. And then they have Uber Eats and they have some of the wow. others to, to deliver the DoorDash. They, they DoorDash, deliver okay. the food in to them for their lunch and their dinner and then they got those two so so they that, so there's your five five meals those two big there snacks and the three meals a day you got to have it. And, and and then here's this they got to have somebody with them 24/7 a caregiver 24/7 and a lot of them require one on one because they're so disturbed and have so many mental issues uh-huh. that only have one person to take care of one at a time. Well, they can't sleep. Uh, they have uh, panic disorders. Uh, they they can't. Mm-hmm. They, they don't even know how to be normal. What we consider That's just right. normal existence. What we call normal. So those are, yeah, yeah. Well, but anyway, well, I'm 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 still have a lot of graces. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. I hope Doc still have a lot of great success. 
uh, in that end. Uh, and I hope to both get what they're supposed to get for that eleven hundred dollars a day. And uh, we'll not that much money. I, 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 and so do I. That's why you got to have you got. Of course, of course, that's his background. But you got to have you got to have those. Here's here's what else the state is doing. The state now have set up their own training program because you cannot even work with these children unless you have had one year of experience of working in what you can go and volunteer in a facility for a year, and then you can go to work and work for these children. But you cannot even, like, walk right off the street. And I don't care what your background background is. Background checks, all of it, that's expensive. Right. Oh, yeah, you got you, you got to be you got to be straight. But all I'm saying is that as educated as Mr. Arthur is, and he's worked with children in public schools before, mm-hmm. but he could he would not be qualified to work with these children unless he spent a year in training in one of the facilities that house these kind of children. That's all right. And, and, and- you can bet that because I have worked with those kids, and I would not be. No, uh, I, no, I. Yeah, I'm just using you as an example. I mean, I'm mm-hmm, saying yeah. so that people will know that mm-hmm. that your educational background would not would not allow you to be able to work with disturbed children, children who yeah. are in these, unless you have had one year. Of experience of working in a uh, working in a facility, volunteering in a facility. Sure, sure, sure to ask some if you're familiar with this. Okay, like because okay. I'm working this issue, Dallas. Uh, uh, school districts, uh, public mm-hmm. school districts, are required. Are required, and now I'm, I'm working on that. We, we got Dallas to do more than what they was doing. But they're actually required mm-hmm. to provide uh, to provide a safe space for homeless kids that's in school. Absolutely. They're supposed to do that. And, and, I think, and, and you know what else they're not doing? They're not and reporting think, when they know that these children have been abused, that they came to school abused. And here's the man. deal. you don't need, People don't even have to know that you have reported what's happening. You can pick up the hotline and call and say, Mr. Arthur has been an abused child. He has been abused by his parents and because he uh, came to my school with bruises and and half dressed and not smelling right and all these you can turn all you're supposed to report that but it's not right, being right. reported like it should be but go ahead well what's well, the real change and i think they're changing some of those laws too to, to make it because some folks were abusing uh, those laws mm-hmm. was caught that you know that type of thing but uh i'll then, tell you what else is bad okay no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, but let me say this quickly, and I'm going to give it back to you. We, we had the contract for 20 years. We covered 13 mm-hmm. counties. And I, I sat in a courtroom with one case, and the only reason that these children did not return back to, uh, to their families, because, because 95 to 99% of these kids go right back to that abusive home, right? There was a group, there was a, a man and his wife and five children in Lindale, Texas. I will never forget it. And mm. so so they were, the man was sexually abusing the son, the newborn oh. baby. He said the only, there was only way that he could quieten that son down, that newborn baby that was about nine or ten months old, is you know what he did in order to, oh. to quieten the yeah, pedophile. 
And then wow. the mother was doing the same thing to the girls, pedophile. So but they didn't need it. Th- those are, so we were able to remove all five of those kids out of that home. Otherwise, everybody else went back to that same household where they were removed from due to child abuse and sexually and physically abused. So keep that in mind. But well, anyway. you know, well, you know, unfortunately, we operate in an abuse system, and this is the result. You know what I mean? You don't get to help Correct. people. So, I mean, yeah. it got all holes in it. It's the way it's set up. So until right. we, but I would encourage everybody to put pressure on your school districts to do more for the homeless kids because they're holding that school. It's up to that district to have a safe space for those kids to go to sleep at night. That's and they, yeah. All over Texas, they're not doing they're not doing any of that. That's so, that great in theory, but the teachers are barely providing the safe space for them to learn or, or be educated every day. That would, that would be very true. That's a separate issue. Uh, Coop, that's a separate issue. I ain't talking about that. I'm, I'm but, talking about kids no, homeless. But, but, yeah, but, but that's a great point. We're not talking about that, but that's a great point. Because, that's a great point. Here's a story also, and I'm in and out of these schools all of the time. The, the teachers say we cannot even teach because we got to be a police officer, we got to be parents, we got to be teachers, we got to be everything for these kids. Correct. And yeah. and, and we just not we just not prepared to be everything for these these kids. We got to stop the fighting. I mean, it's just all kinds of stuff that they have to endure in the public. In, in not including bullying. Bullying is a big oh deal goodness. now. Cyberbullying and regular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when you, and I know because I watched it go down, when you, when you go from uh, checking book bags and if you see something pornographic or something like that, and, you know, something untoward, then you, then you write it up and send somebody to their house. Okay, you, okay, now you're still checking the book bags, but they got a cell phone with, it, with all that on it and more. And folks just play like that's not nothing. So that's why you got chaos because that because those phones create a whole other community within the school. It creates a whole other community, and, and you say, "Well, why?" Yeah, they're acting a fool because they text messaging and, and talking all day, and got a whole other program going in the educational system. And the system is sitting around saying, "Well, you know, you know, their mama want to be able to call them. Yeah, sometimes their mama call them while they sitting in class." And so I'm saying, until you get hold of that. They should not. They should not even have while they're in the classroom. They should not when when they walk in the classroom, their phone should be. They should have an area for those kids. And first of all, let let me back up. Some ages of kids don't need a cell phone. Okay, we we got enough uh, issues, chemicals and stuff in our bodies from carrying all these cell phones and our television uh, uh, boxes and. All of this, I mean, the radiation that we bring into our bodies from carrying all of this stuff is deadly. But the point I'm trying okay. to make, though, is the fact that, is the fact that, is that, is that that's like, what would you call that, blind neglect? What would you call that when somebody sees something? In other words, mm-hmm. in other words, my whole character but, is that, you know, that we don't want none of that. The these kids got to be having nobody in the school. And then you... Like you just subtly ignore the fact that they bring it in on their cell phone, 
And then you're playing like, okay, so why is everybody playing like that's okay? That's not okay. That's not okay. And so, and and, and until they address that, the okay. You know, so which which age, let me ask you this question, Frap. Which age group are you talking about? Because I'm talking about some of these children in elementary schools. What do they out. need with it? I'm talking so about all like middle school, middle, so I'm talking about they got cell phones. A, a lot of the kids, okay, so the reason why I ask this question is because parents who uh, have children in the elementary school say that they have, their children cannot, they have it blocked so that their children can't go to these very sundry websites. But now when you get into Ain't middle school. Ain't nobody checking. I'm talking about parents who say that they do Never say ain't nobody checking because we cannot broad brush and say no one is checking. I tell you this much, when my younger grandchildren, because I didn't have cell phones, right, and my kids didn't have cell phones at school because they just didn't have them at that time. In the meantime, there's parents say that they do check their children. Miss Rihanna is one of the ones that we know would check her children and the cell phones, okay. so we would oh, okay. never say. Okay, say so what a hole is in that. So there, there, are, is in that. there are some responsible parents. Okay, but guess what? But guess what? Yeah, there are, and I didn't say that it wasn't, but here's what they do, because I watched them do it. Again, I, you know, I talked 20 years. Here's what they do. Also, you see a group of kids gathered over in the corner, right? Everybody's gathered around by that one kid that their parents don't do it. So they still get okay. it, is my point. And that's why I said... That's why I asked, what age groups are you talking about? All of them. Elementary <laughs> schools? All of, them they got, all of them got cell phones. And I want to believe that that the, the people who have children in elementary school, which I have, I haven't seen a lot of elementary students with the cell phones. I see a lot of them with junior high in high school, uh, there, there there are some kids I'm sure in elementary school that that have a cell phone. But what my you point the is, you Valdi, the kids what group that they had cell phones. Yeah, that's true. They did. That's why I yeah. said some kids, yeah, some kids in elementary phone. school, some kids in elementary just, school do have cell phones. Not all yeah. of them, but some yeah, some yeah. of them can't afford just, them. So I know that every one well, of them don't have them. Go ahead. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying that, you know, all of them don't have to have it. It's just one or two kids have to have it. And and then, like, everybody gets to see it. Everybody gets to use it. That's how it goes. So it ain't like, you know, whether you got a cell phone or not. If, you, if you're if in a school if you're in a school where kids do have it, because like I told you, I, I, I and then you go over to, hey, what y'all doing? You know, then they, oh, they, they break up and, you know, scatter. So I'm saying, you know, they're that well, that's why That's why I say that the minute they walk, now, you, you can't always control them when they're in the, going from class to class in the hallway or wherever, I say, but when kids walk into a classroom, mm-hmm. there should be a, a, a basket or something where they have to drop those phones and not have them on, on their person. Because like, that, why like, do they need a cell phone while they're trying to have class? If there's an it, it, emergency it, it, and their parents need to, that's uh-huh. why you have the front office to make phone well, calls saying, to your class. Okay. Uh-huh. So now you back to where we're at the same spot. With with same spot, you saying <laughs> you saying why is all that happening like that? And all I'm just saying is that it's a, it create it's a it, it's created another another uh, organization of society within the school 
you know, that's unregulated, that goes on while you're trying to create an education environment, and all of that is disrupted. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying it's disrupted. I ain't saying oh, too yeah. wrong. Oh, yeah, I think we all are on the same page with, with that. Yeah, so you see the behavior that you see in these schools about why it's so crazy. I'm saying that's why it's so crazy. That's all I'm saying. That's why it's oh, crazy. Yeah. We, we we agree with that. We see the we see the the cell phone issues, and 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 you know why the craziness is because once again we have all this radiation that's blue, and and that can go for adults as well. Uh, right. People don't stop to think about it. We see the young girls putting their phone in their back pocket, right? Have you seen that? Right. And then we see men putting it in their front pocket. Well, you putting it right next to your testicles where you're radiating all. So then we wonder why that that women lose their babies because they have all of these genes that are coming to them that are no good. And, and because we, we're using all the radiation from people go to bed and they have their television on, uh, we never unplug it or we never put our phones in the next room or wherever away from us. So we all got this 5G radiation that's going on all over the place. So I, yeah. when you learn better, you should, we need to do better. I don't keep mine nowhere near me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're out of my room. <laughs> unplug, unplug the now, box. It's right. I'm serious. Now, look, now, all the teachers' guns. They had guns. Oh, yeah. Now we really got I said, now let's just add, you didn't give all the teachers' guns, right? Cause what's there, you go. there you go. You know, there now we're going there you go. <laughs> We're in a crazy world, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Dr. Carr, how's the campaign going? There you go. Fast uh, Cooper, everything is going quite well. We uh, met with a group here at my residence um, a couple of weeks ago, and on March 16th, we're going to have a 25-man uh, slash woman uh, strategy meeting here at my house uh, sur- uh, surrounding uh, – voter registration, voter education, and voter mobilization towards November. So I'm very pleased with what I see as far as the momentum is concerned. And, of course, in campaigns, of political campaigns, uh, you learn so much every day, so much every outing. There's a lot of pressure. Uh, I'm pulled in a lot of uh, places, uh, but it's it's an amazing thing to be involved with. And uh, yeah. I'm hopeful that once the primaries come and go and we get my firm team in place, we can ratchet up the uh, energy going towards November. Uh, and I believe that I believe that just my courage to run has already made a difference in our area. I was telling yeah. Mr. Fleming when yeah. we started the program that two uh, African-American businessmen were called to the office of my opponent to discuss the fact that a black man was running for the House of Representatives <laughs> here in Little Rock, and neither the two of them know that I know about this, but my sister-in-law happens, Pastor Cooper, to work at a daycare center that is owned and operated by one of these two black men. So I guess if it uh, there must be some sort of impact because I'm – feeling the feedback that's coming through the reverberating in the community. So things are going well on the campaign. Uh, I'd like to uh, also announce that 
anyone on the team across the globe can go to connect uh, dot car at ar for I'm sorry, connect.car for AR at gmail.com, and my website comes up with all the pertinent and relevant information, including a donate button. So I'll get that link sent out to you all, but we are progressively uh, moving forward with the campaign, and I hadn't run out of energy yet, but it is a chore considering this kind of a run. Now, the young man who ran for governor well, he was in uh, Camden on Thursday of last week at a uh, at a foundation meeting, and there was about two or three hundred of us there. And he spoke and spoke quite well. And after the meeting was over, he came over to chat with me and said that I'm here for you. And as soon as the primary comes and goes, let's ratchet things up and get the knob turned up uh, to some degree to make sure we have a good run going toward November. So I'm very I'm very pleased with what I'm finding out. Uh, and it saddens me in a way to find out that there are black men who uh, would succumb to going up to the big house to talk to the master about one of their brothers. But Mr. Arthur uh, warned me about this early in the process that that is to be expected. That's a part of this game. But, again, I think just my filing and my running has made a difference. Uh, and win sure. or lose, I think I won already because I had the courage to stand up when all these other high-powered, educated, knowledgeable black people in my area, no one decided to move. And when I was called upon, I answered the bell. So here we are, and here we go. Oh, that's outstanding. Listen, Dr. Carr, enjoy every moment of the ride because you're doing something that is going to be amazing for the community. And that that gives you hope, that gives you encouragement, that gives you speed and spirit as you're out there with your boots on the ground working toward uh, that particular seat, just knowing that people need uh, your brilliance, your black brilliance, and, 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 and the skills and all the things that you bring uh, from, to that position in your career, and that's enough to keep you motivated. Uh, yes. to move forward because you Absolutely. know your people are suffering and they need and they need the skills that you have. And so we're Absolutely. we're very, very proud of Thank the you. work that you're doing. Amen. Amen. And one hundred percent support. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh just a second point. Uh, I was listening in on y'all discussing the issue with Doctor Field and I was watching the news feed on my computer while y'all were discussing and apparently Doctor Field uh, knows how to follow the money because on the news feed, uh, he was remarking to the, the team that American tax dollars are being used to send young people into sweatshops and prostitution. So if it's being mm-hmm. used to do that, why not take mm-hmm. 500 acres and take care of these young people in this area mm-hmm. that, uh, that that we're concentrating mm-hmm. on? So, you know, mm-hmm. I think one of the differences between them and us is they know where the money is and how to follow it, and I think we need to learn how to do just that. That's one thing I think we should mimic from them is find out where the money is and follow the money. Well, that's why I'm saying that is precisely why I'm sharing this story this evening because Absolutely. we know where the money is. And, yes. uh, and Pastor Cooper knows where the money Listen, Texas, the money comes from the feds down to our states. 
mm-hmm. and then the states disperse it on out. Now, now, the mm-hmm. the one thing that that I wanted to bring out that that was troubling, and and that is that 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 our taxpayers' money that should have been used in various and sundry areas, Abbott took and and put people on the plane and on buses and everything and send them to Chicago and California and New York and nobody and, and, and you didn't hear too much complaining about it. We knew about it. It was on the television and all that. Mm-hmm. But did you did you really see anybody down there in Austin raising a ruckus about it? No, we didn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't show up down nope. there. That's taxpayers' money that's not earmarked for what he did with it. So he was against the law by using that taxpayer's money to put these people on a plane and a bus and send them Mm -hmm. across country. Mm -hmm. He wasn't supposed to do that. There's nowhere in the Constitution for Texas that says that he can take that money and do that. Hmm. But we didn't say anything. We didn't say anything. He just did whatever he wanted to do. That's why I'm saying to you, and and Mr. Arthur has a point about the – think about this. If you got 30 kids and you get $1,100, that, that's putting it kind of large, but that's not unusual. You, most of these facilities will run uh, from 20 to 30 kids, depending upon the size and depending upon the type of, of uh, program that you're in, whether it's a, whether it's an emergency shelter, whether it's the HRO, one of the, the permanent housing where they stay with you until – they age out. You get, and, and think about this also. So once you get that money, you also get USDA food. You can file to get your your food program. I mm. remember at our school, we got what two hundred fifty to two hundred seven. I think when we finally ended, we were getting like two seventy five per child per day, and then mm. we were getting. Seven, probably about $7,000 a month from the USDA food program to feed the children, those meals that Pastor Cooper was telling you about, three squares mm-hmm. and then two snacks, right? Okay. So okay. you don't hear about it because right. nobody wants you to make that kind of money, right? True. They want you to make that kind of money. That's true. And that's why I'm, and that's why I'm putting it out there so that anybody that's interested and take if if you have the background, the skills, or you know you can hire the people and whatever. These children are going to need to be taken care of, and then it's going to be a whole new ball game because of all those kids that are down there at the border. Mm-hmm. And that's not, not not just the Texas border. There's some other borders, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but all we that's hear about, correct. of course, is the border of Texas. Absolutely, because they come straight from Mexico over. Those children are have to be taken care of, and somebody's going to have to take care of them. And that's sure. why Phil, it did just what he did. Yeah. Because he's tapping into that resource. Tapping in, all right. I like that phrase. He's tapping in. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. First, we're going to allow so, him. Some black to build up. Tap into. Go ahead. Hey, hey, I was just saying he's going to allow him to build up. He's opened up a new. Uh, television station and studio that he's going to broadcast exactly. his show from. Exactly. Right. There you go. In the same area. Yeah, there you yeah. go. 
So she's going to have a complete compound down there. Go ahead. I got a question I want to ask Mike now. I want to ask Mike and Mike and Dr. Carr this question. I mean, I, I, I want some some biblical explanation for something. But uh, but first of all, sure this is for you. Uh, okay. Now this summer, uh, it's, let's see. Well, on, on the right back. But the, the American mm-hmm. Society of High School Negroes. It's a movie going to come out. Okay. okay, American Society for National Negroes. No, no, no. Of magical Negroes. Oh, magical <laughs> Negroes. Okay. Nah. okay. Well, that must, that must be us. No, it is us. It's that movie. Oh, my goodness. Hey, oh, boy. And when, I, and when I did a black history program, and the pastor, uh, you know, in his, in his uh, you know, in his dissertation, he, he talked about, and he didn't call it Magic Negro. I told him later on this what it was. He told him about, he was talking about this, uh, this brilliant brother got with this white guy with six thousand dollars, and mm-hmm. then they created it was worth sixty million, and then he laid the brother off. I see. <laughs> okay. I told okay. magical <laughs> Negro. <laughs> oh my! He showed him the money. He showed him the dough. Who's got the money? Rolled. He rolled him right out the door. <laughs> yeah. Rolled him out the door. Rolling out the door. Mm-hmm. Have a merry day. 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 Have a not in a while. No. Okay. Well, 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 I want to inform you that when you look up at it, it's going to be white. <laughs> it was. Hello? It was yellow. It was yellow early <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, when is that that we all supposed? They all going to come to Tyler, Texas? Supposedly, we're going to have thousands and thousands and thousands of people to come to look at that eclipse. Uh-uh. No, I'm running far from that eclipse so I can get. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> I'm laughing because we've already gone through all this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, and it's heading right across my hometown, right? It's going to be, it's going to get 100%. I think right. like 90% of and I'm going, and then first one, I, I said, uh-uh, oh, no. And I was like, I might go to North Dallas that night. <laughs> what is it? I just Google Is it April 8th? Is that April 8th that that's supposed to happen? You know, I'm not April, sure. Yeah, I think so. April 8th, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to log yeah. that in on my calendar because well, I wasn't. Well, listen, they, they, they got plans. That. Tyler already has plans for these people that's coming into Tyler. Uh, we they have locations that's going to be set up for people to 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 watch it. Oh. Mhm. They said about they expect mm-hmm. about three hundred thousand people to come. Oh wow. Well, well, Pastor Cooper, did you know that we get more than that to come in and out of here every day to work? 
So that's not. So I'm not surprised that we're going to have that many people. Really and we truly, have, we have we have about uh, getting close to half a million people that come in and out of here to Tyler, Texas, to work every day. That's why the tra- that's why the traffic is horrendous going down Broadway. Hmm. I am learning next- something now. That number oh, of people coming in and out on a daily basis. Every, all of the all of these little towns that you hear me talking about periodically, Dr. Carr, mm-hmm. they come mm-hmm. in here to work. And pretty soon they're going to County. Hmm. Pretty soon they're going to make that. What, I'm sorry, say that once more. Now, so y'all going to be metroplexing down there. They're going to be in y'all County in a minute. Y'all okay. County, y'all going to have Well, well you, you no longer you know Longview Tyler is considered um, the, the metroplex of East Texas. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we That's even amazing. have people. From, we have people that that work that come that live in Longview that come in here to work. All sure. of these little small towns of Winona and oh, out there Henderson and I mean Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, Chapel Hill, I mean, Lindale, Mineola, Canton, all of those towns all around come in here to work. That's why I-20 is backed up the way it is. That's why Broadway is backed up the way it is. Oh, it's, you should you should stand out and see on, say, 530, 6 o'clock around Gentry Parkway. That's the street 69 that brings you off of I-20 into Tyler. You should see that back to back to back traffic. It's very Mr. It's very near the hotel and where the restaurant is. Oh yeah, restaurant. You say you're gonna have a crew. We're gonna come down and do something on on the outside. Hey, we're we're patiently. Let me give you an update. We're patiently waiting for the health department to come out and inspect our commercial kitchen. We we are ready to go. We're just waiting for them. And I, I begged with them last week, and, you know, they, they're a little bit behind. Um, so um, I'm just waiting for somebody to come and inspect it so we can open the doors. We already hired our, our, our chef from our executive chef from out of Dallas. He's from, he's Brazilian. And his wife yes. is, is Spain. And they both have the background of food and beverage. Can't wait to get the doors open. Cannot wait. I'm looking forward. Yeah, so we'll be we'll be inviting you down. We'll be inviting you down. Pastor Cooper, how's things looking down over there in in Vermont, and how's the election going on over there? Well, it's a very uh, busy election cycle, as always. Uh, You know. One thing is that uh, the leadership out here, uh, we have one of the first African-American Republican uh, chair of the Republican Party in this area. Uh, oh, no one really talks. Yeah, and a lot of people don't talk about it, speak about it. Wow. But that, that wow. has been somewhat of an impactful uh, position uh, held by a uh, Joe Evans that is well-known, uh, which happens to be a hard worker. Uh, is that and, yeah, yeah. So he's, I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, he's also um, trying to help sustain and keep um, Speaker of the House Dave Thielen 
we, we are going through a time period in which uh, in 10 years from now, the history books are going to have just uh, fun with, uh, if they report it correctly, because, you know, he's been fighting publicly with Ken Paxton, our attorney general for the state of Texas. And right. they, you know, with the impeachment trial and all of that, which is, uh, to me, is just hilarious because the judge that presided over the trial is none other than uh, the president of the Texas Senate, uh, Dan Patrick, your lieutenant governor, which mm-hmm. are uh, cronies and, you know, padres of one another. And so they're mm-hmm. trying to uh, tap into national attention, including uh, endorsements of uh, – that guy that is running for the Republican Party's presidential candidate right now that's leading that uh, task, uh, he's been endorsing folks that's his opponent. Uh, so they're trying to steal the speakership from Southeast Texas and and, and take away a, a candidate that we've asked and challenged to do the right thing, and he's done mm-hmm. it before. And so with that pattern, that's when they call him a rhino, uh, they come after him, but all he is is a, a just a, a conservative, 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 Catholic, mm-hmm. pro-life individual that has a voice of moral authority, and yeah. uh, he he decided to go after Ken Paxton. So it's kind of an interesting time period for us here, from uh, the first African American uh, Republican uh, chairman all the way to the Speaker of the House being challenged nationally. There are national ads as if though uh, this is a presidential run. Mm. Yeah. Wow. This is serious. Good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about Dallas, uh, Mr. Arthur? How are things looking in your direction? Mr. Arthur? Do we lose Mr. Arthur? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah, now, now we can hear you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The, as you know, I, I, I'm working on an issue with uh, with uh, TxDOT and Citadels and my Senator West about uh, used to call it uh, 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 Vision Vision 50 or something like that. Anyway, it, it's a strip of highway that they've been talking about, doing something about since 2019, and 104 people have been killed, killed uh, my aunt was one of them, and, uh, and about another 500, close to 500, been injured since 2019. Wow. So the question became, wow. what have y'all been doing? And, and I'll be speaking at the city council uh, on the 6th of uh, next month. But the question is, what's going from 2019 to now? Okay, now Royce West, mm-hmm. he was saying he's going to have a town hall meeting. Uh, okay. Seen the day. Uh, we're going to, you're going to have text out the city and so forth. Since that time, the city had an emergency meeting. They looked at, they put out a checklist of get how many, 10 or 20 different things they're supposed to do, and only about two or three of them have been checked off. So my okay. question, I go in, on, the, on, on the six is, uh, what are y'all doing? I mean, what are y'all doing? You know, and it's, it, 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 I mean, it, it's classic bureaucracy. Now, I don't right. know who benefits. I don't know who would benefit from that type of situation existing. Okay, and then and then so when they talk with the the city, they say, well, well, we can't do anything because the speed limit is forty miles per hour and above. 
So y'all been y'all been talking about 48 miles an hour. Now, just having Royce West on the transportation committee down at the state. So he okay. had to have known, and part of the part of how it's in his district. So he would have had to have known some. I'm trying to figure out why would it, you know, what would folks get out of not doing nothing? I don't, I mean, so I, and that's a question I'm going to be asking them. You know, who benefited mm-hmm. from us? You know, or, or, or just, is this just bureaucratic neglect, uh, just, not, as I call it, non-caring? Uh, uh, so, uh, Mr. Arthur, where, where is this located now? Can you tell me again? From, the area? from, from Oak Cliff, in Oak Cliff, from Walton Walker, uh, okay. uh, all down to Ferguson Road, uh, going into okay. East Dallas. Gotcha. And so, uh, yeah, and so, that's, so again, you know, the, you know, it's, it's not pedestrian friendly. Uh, they don't have crosswalk lights. The, yeah, yeah. You know, even the shifts where you cross, where you do cross the street, you know, you can't see them. You know, they haven't changed right. so long. So That's just, why you it, 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 yeah, so just, yeah, so just total neglect. Uh, and so I'm, and so what we're going to be doing is holding them accountable. And then some other, some other parts of the city have a similar problem. Uh, and so what I hope to do is basically. Uh, just basically have to do something so that they can quit killing, you know, stop the killing. You know, that's unnecessary. That's, you know. Brother Arthur, isn't it a predominantly black area? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, the park where, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much all the way through. It's either black that's or Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those classic uh, kind of things, uh, you know, that you see. Uh now, now, again, again, you know what I'm going to be doing, you know, as part of my advocacy, I'm going to I'm going to be advocating that on top of a political score that we give our uh, elected officials that we add a corporate, corporate and cultural score, hmm. and how much corporate money you get and who you get it from, and culturally, is the things you're voting on actually going to help our community, even though you may vote 100. Democratic, yeah, but did it help us? That's what we need to be asking. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, we, we, we know we got big jobs throughout our communities for us to uh, stay on top of uh, things, especially when we're in communities where they have sidewalks and, and all their lights red lights and caution lights and then we go into other communities and we see no sidewalk and people have to halfway walk through the street uh, in order yeah. to um, to get from point A to point B. It's just, yeah. it's just not right. It's not right. So how, how are things in the, in the community where you live as far as we're talking about sidewalks and, and our streets and, and how well are your your streets kept up in the African American communities. Well, where I live in Lancaster here, uh, it, you know, it bumped up the next old cliff. Uh, now, now in my community, because we're we're we're, we're, major, we're we're majority black now. Uh, right. And so right. my so Rose, my community, are, you know, the, you know, we have we have decent sidewalks and so forth. But from what I can see, it's uh, you know, we don't have that particular issue. Uh, that they would have. The, the, the big issue they have is that it's like it's like a freeway running through a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And you, mm-hmm. 
uh, for those vehicles. I mean, you go back and look at the average Corolla in 1976, how small it was compared to the Corolla today. Or, you know, so uh, just imagine. Uh, so I, I, I know four streets in Beaumont that's similar to Highway 12. And uh, people don't even talk about how many lives, because, again, that's black lives. And we say they right. matter, but must not. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Right. So what about in your community, uh, Dr. Carr, how the roads and things that you're having well, to deal with the streets? That's an interesting, that's an interesting topic because uh, Summit Utilities took over Centerpoint Energies here in my region of the state of Arkansas, and uh, they have recently, uh, the state of Arkansas is expanding one block from my residence, Hillsborough Avenue, which is going to become a major thoroughfare in our city. And there was a need to redo the gas main lines, which brought this crew of folks into my community, in my house, at my yard, on my street. And they broke up a whole lot of concrete. And after they finished replacing all that uh, uh, gas lines and so forth, they came back and did what my wife and I described as a hard job replacing the sidewalk. So we have taken photographs of the areas that we're concerned about, and we're going to go back to something and say, look, this is what you tore up. This is what you partially fixed. Now we'd like to get an answer to that. So we're we're dealing with some issues here in my immediate community that really are going to call for some uh, attention. You know, it, it still boils down to if you're black, you're eligible to be marginalized. And I think that happened in our case, and we're not just going to take it lying down. We've taken the photographs, and we're strategizing what we're going to do to try to combat this. And as you all have been saying, it's not just in my neighborhood. This is all over the country. It's it's happening all over the country to our people. So that's that's where we are in in my local community. Good, good. good. Take that thing straight to the city and your city council, and because I, the same thing, I am I'm actually, uh, I actually told the city manager uh, that I'm amazed, tear up these streets and in the lines and all that, and then you come through and you throw it. You don't even make it smooth where people can drive across that and tear their, their, their cars start rattling, their nice vehicles, and because we have to drive. I want you right back out here to pave this, I want it paved from this block to this block so that we have a smooth community to walk through. I'm not having it. I mean, there there Uh, was issues that happened years ago. uh, And I'll tell you something really interesting and really funny. Uh, The person uh, came on Facebook. And so it's it's so important for people to know what they're talking about before they start talking. And mm-hmm. and so there was an issue on one of our streets uh, that happened probably about maybe six, seven years ago uh, when the former person was here. And uh, so the niece came on and said, if my uncle was still, he wouldn't put up with that. <laughs> well, it happened. It actually happened under his watch. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and, 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 but. But the present council person got it all straightened out. But I did not even address that when it popped up on Facebook. It wasn't even it wasn't even worth because when 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 it 
people would know when you say it was six or seven years ago. Mm. You know, McKellar wasn't around six or seven years ago in council, right? Oh, but she's here now. Oh, she is. Oh, but she is, and she got it straight now, and got the street redone so that you can drive down it and you won't tear up your vehicle. Hey, 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 Doc, what she's saying is, yeah, you need to go, yeah, you need to go talk to that company, but you need to go talk to the city council people too. Absolutely. Absolutely. They want to to talk to that company, really, not y'all. That's who needs to do it. Because I would you, agree. you may not even you may not even yeah. know who had that contract to do that, but the city does, and then true. and then you you meet, you need to do it immediately, if not sooner. Uh, when they, they, stop, <laughs> they, need to, they need to come back and 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 repave these streets back the way they found it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we got a job to do, and we need to be on top of mm-hmm. it, right? All of That's our communities across everywhere. Well, I'm, I, I share with you all that I was invited to um, to be on a call with uh, uh, Congresswoman Barbara Lee, who's running for um, United States Senate in in uh, Northern California. And uh, let's see, who else? Let me tell you who else is going to be on there. Um, the mayor of San Francisco. Uh, what's her name? Last name Bean. Uh, black female. And then, of course, Karen Bass, former congresswoman, now mayor of Los Angeles. Um, Let's see. uh, uh, Oh, Regina King, who is supporting uh, uh, Barbara Lee. And and I I support Barbara Lee. Barbara Lee came here and stomped with me. Uh, Remember that um, gentleman, uh, Pastor Cooper and and Mr. Arthur. And uh, all of the Jamie Jamie uh, Harrison and... And Sheila Jackson Lee, and and it was a whole group of us. Uh, so I had the opportunity to speak and uh, marshal for inter- uh, introduced uh, Barbara Lee and uh, Sheila Jackson, all of them. That, and then we all got in the car and caravaned all over District One. And so I, I, I forever thank Jamie Harrison for bringing the crew out of Washington, D.C., along with, with Sheila and Barbara, and stomping with me when I ran for Congress. So um, so we have a job. we got a job to do, and we got to make sure that that job is cared for. But, it, but it's an honor to be able to be on, uh, on with these ladies, and I will, I will try to do some recording. It's going to be on a Zoom, and I try yeah. to do some recording so that next, uh, next week when we come back, then I'll be able to give you a full report on well. what the yes, what the subject was really all about. I was I was humbled by the fact that they uh, asked me to uh, to be a part. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Brandon uh, London Breed is the mayor of San Francisco. London, that's her name. London. That's right, London Breed. She is going to be on. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful uh, group of women. Oh, um, Carol Mosley Brom is going to be on. You know, she, remember she was the first senator, a first uh, black female senator. Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. So she's going to be, going to be on, and it's going to be a, a, some very powerful women on that on that Zoom. Sounds like very it. powerful. Yeah. 
yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to those ladies. Okay, well, we're about to get to the end of the road. It's 9:48, so we can we can start kind of wrapping it up and see how we want to uh, end this show. What what our tasks are, and I, I want everybody to go and 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 pull up and take a look at Sea Walk. Sea Walk. That's children without placement, and see if that's something that you may be interested mm-hmm. in now. Now, Dr. Carr, you can, because that may be something that you may want to add to your campaign about these children. I don't know. I, I, I don't really know what your three strong platform pieces that you, you, you're focusing on. But we certainly got to make sure that, I mean, that, that can be a, a topic of discussion. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. so see if you, see if, if that, is in your area as well. It's a federal program, so uh, mm-hmm. so we know we just have a big problem with it here in Texas because we have so many kids who need yeah. that care yeah. and all that. But uh, we got to take care of the children. That's that, that's the one one thing that we know we got to do is take care of these little American children. But, but once again, uh, these that Dr. Phil was talking about today on the View, mm-hmm. they're not American. That border, There's that border. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So we'll we'll get ready to uh, to do our round robin. We we missed out on Miss Miss Rihanna tonight. I, I didn't get a report from her. I didn't know if she um, if she was out for the evening or or if she just was uh, hanging out with the family and the kiddos and everything. Because it's a it's a bit Miss Miss Rihanna is an amazing educator and and she is an amazing mother and she's got some very very smart children those two girls are brilliant young ladies very very smart and she Mm -hmm. and i love how she to take time to make sure that their homework was done and whatever they needed to have done she was right there uh to work with the children and now she's doing the same thing with college is going to be a smart young man as well. Can you believe he's all he's grown up to the age where he is? I mean, I can remember when Miss Rihanna just <laughs> found out that she was going to have Colin, and then now he's <laughs> mm-hmm. he's running the household. Now he's running the household, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the way it works. <laughs> that's, that's, I know it, it doesn't take them long to grow up, does it? That's <laughs> true. Correct. That's why you got you got to enjoy them very very fast. Dr. Carr, you have children, right? I do. My children are adults, and I have two uh, grandsons. One's 10, one's 9, and they have suddenly taken charge of my household. But I enjoy it. <laughs> well, I, well, I tell you what, you, be, you better utilize them to run your social media. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Amen. Believe it or they not, they are experts like, at a young age. They know what to do. Yeah, like yeah, the back know. of their hands. So yeah, do you have boys do. and girls or both? Your children. Two boys. Two boys. Two boys. Wonderful. Two boys. And then the two, two and two, two grandsons. grandsons. Oh my but gosh. The men, yeah. the, the yeah. men two, ruin two the household out there, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> House on <That's> fire. <laughs> House on fire. That's all right. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll uh we will um start having our, our, our final uh, comments, and we'll we'll start with you, Pastor Cooper. If you want to, whatever you want to share with us, and 
we're going to get ready to end it so I can I can count all this money that I collected today for the <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, awesome. I'm loaded. I'm loaded, gentlemen. <laughs> all right. I have to hurry up and, and get get out of my car and get get my money on the inside so that nobody would rob me. <laughs> I know that's right. We're looking, Wise we're woman. Looking forward to, we're looking forward to Friday night. We really are. It's going to be a great uh, evening. All right. Wow. So go ahead, Pastor Cooper. Well, I, I just want to bring some light to a uh, uh, national uh, attention that, that happened in the Baytown area about the young man that got kicked out of school and hadn't been in attendance yeah. for, I think, almost six months. And yeah. uh, they utilized the Crown Act, and I think it's federal court. I'm not sure if it's federal or state. But the judge mm-hmm. sided with the principal, I mean the superintendent, Dr. Poole. Right. Yeah, and uh, because of the length. So if it was because of a religious reason, uh, they would have won that case. But the Crown Act, and, and one of the authors uh, of the bill, is Representative uh, Ron Reynolds, and I listened to his explanation, and I almost knew what the outcome was going to be after I heard him give the explanation. I went back and read it. And uh, mm-hmm. so they might have to go back and amend that because when they were talking about locks and schools and Crown Act, no one discussed right. the length of hair. So That's just right. bring that to attention. And, and Re- Representative Carl Sherman was part of that as well. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Now, have, so, have they come to Tyler? I think I thought they were coming. There was an event or something coming happening. Oh my gosh, it was massive. Uh, Carl Sherman has spent a lot of time down here, but. We have 14 uh, candidates to come for our uh, our forum. And then wow. Carl Sherman was here for Souls to the Polls on this past Sunday. So he was at Pastor Caraway's church, which is our county commissioner, and you know Pastor Caraway. And then yes. he left there and came to, to my church, and, and then he went to another church, uh, I think it was Liberty Baptist Church that at four o'clock that afternoon. So, um, so but the the forum was just outstanding, and so oh. I told statewide candidates, yeah, uh, that they did the right thing by coming to East Texas, and none of them. That was the first, except for Carl Sherman. The rest of them had never set foot here, had never sent anything here, had never sent anything text messages or anything like that. But um, but we never heard a word from Colin Allred. We actually sent messages out to him several times. He did not even respond uh, to our messages here at Smith County uh, Democratic Party. He did not even respond. But he'll send a text message to us and ask for money uh, every other day. So, uh, wow. but at any rate, that's that's that. So. Go ahead. Go ahead, Pastor Cooper. I didn't mean to take over your time. No, no, it's not. We give uh, uh, Brother Arthur some time. Uh, just That's all. I just want to bring light to those issues. Yes, thank you. And I appreciate that on that Crown Act uh, because uh, I saw, when I saw his hair, I mean, it's so neatly and so well done. And he said, I just want to go yeah. to school, you know. So, yes. and fine yeah. young gentleman, well spoken and everything. Yes. So, yes. okay, thanks for looking that up. Um, uh, Dr. Carr? Uh, Dr. McKellar, let me thank you again because several shows ago you reminded me that I might want to pick a couple of three areas to put planks in my platform, which I did, and uh, they are as follows, education, uh, mental health, and economic empowerment 
I would suggest to any person who is interested to find out more about what I mean by what I just said, just Google my name, Odell Carr, District 97, Eldorado, Arkansas, USA, and it will take you directly to the website. And thanks again for those words of advice and encouragement. My planks are put together, and I think that we can uh, discuss them and carry forward my campaign with those ideas in mind. It affects everybody, education, mental health, and uh, economic empowerment. There are 1,400,000 people in our state who have an episode that has to do with mental illness at some point in their lives in Arkansas. So we are honing in on the issues where we know people are being affected, and I'm going to talk, talk, talk about those things until I'm blue in the face and the people in the constituents who make a decision in November. Beautiful. Outstanding. So well said. Well, what an amazing stump speech that was, right, gentlemen? <laughs> I'm telling you. And right on point, because you remember yeah. the uh, the the episode of the show this weekend with Wendy Williams and what she's dealing with. Mm-hmm. Mental illness mm-hmm. is a real yes, sir. thing. Yes, sir. Thank you for that. Well, well, let me say, no, here. Let me segue into the mental health thing. Okay, uh, go right ahead. Now. Just segue into that. You know, like you know, we talked earlier. And of course, you know, being sure, you know, we talk about the the magic of Negro all the time. But that's but, but that's actually a real thing. But uh, I want to read you what now the movie. Want to go check it out? It's called The American Society of Magic of Negroes, and it says, uh, you know, about the movie. So you know what the basic theme is: a young man gets recruited into a secret society of magical black people who dedicate their lives to making white people's lives easier. Although initially enamored with his new powers, he began to question the value of using supernatural means to do the, to do the very things he felt obligated to do his whole life. Hmm. And so basically I'm just saying, and basically he's saying what this movie is saying, and it's actually true, is that, uh-huh. is that we, we have special powers as black people, and other people know it. And they're able to utilize, you know, they're manifesting us, just like manifest destiny, right? Yeah. But we still be yeah. manifest. We still be manifested yeah. by somebody else's manifestation. And so, wow. I'm gonna go see the movie because I want to go see it because it sounds it sounds like they're hitting it on point. And that's what right. and that's what we have to understand is that we are magical. Folks know it. That's why they can go get two or three of us, create a great company. And then mm-hmm. you don't have you you have you begging for your child. Mm-hmm. Very good. So we need to so we understand that, and, and uh, you don't know who we actually are and what we can actually do because we do it every. And when, when is it coming out, Mr. Arthur? Because I, I I have to go. Well, 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 already out. It's going to be showing. It's going to be showing in in my day probably probably next month. But uh, but it's already again. It's called it's called American Society. Of magical Negroes. Okay, okay. Well, I'll check out theaters and see if it's because I don't remember hearing anything about it down here. Well, you know that's the that's one of them movies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. Okay. 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 All right then. Okay. Very good. Okay. Well, so. Uh, Let's see, it's 9.59, so we have one minute, and we're going to bring Ms. Rihanna in. But, gentlemen, I I tell you what, I enjoy Monday night to the highest, uh, and we have plenty of time, two hours, to talk about all of these issues and things that's going on 
in our nation. So hopefully and prayerfully we're making an impact uh, to our community and the people and showing the importance, but the importance of us getting involved and getting out there, putting our boots on the ground. You don't have to run for office like Dr. Carr, uh, but but just get out there and get involved in seeing what is going on in your community and making some changes. We heard about what Mr. Arthur is working on there in um, in in Dallas, Texas, with the uh, with with the transportation. And so I'm sure that there's something. And then we heard what what Pastor Cooper talked about, and, and we talked about the children. So there's something that we all can get involved in and and yeah. try to straighten things out uh, in our own personal community. It starts right in our own house, in our own back door, right? And then we spread Agreed. out. Thank you so very much, Agreed. gentlemen. It's always a pleasure. Much love to all three of you. And then now we're going to turn it over to Miss Rihanna. She's going to play our theme song. And then we're going to start all over again in the morning. The Lord, Amen. The Lord says, Good night, team. Good night, everybody. All right. Miss Rihanna, it's all yours. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be the heavens, no man, no weapon, formed against, yes, glory is destined, everyday women and men become legends, sins that go against our skin become blessings, the movement is a rhythm to us, freedom is like religion to us, justice is juxtaposition in us, justice for all just ain't specific enough, one son died, the spirit is revisiting us, true and living, living in us, resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots, we on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. Glory, glory, oh, glory, glory. Now the war is not over. 
bound for every man, woman, and child. Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now. Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles. From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero. Facing the league of justice, his power was the people. Enemy is lethal, a king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a ball ego. The biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day, when the glory comes, it will be ours Thank you and good night. Have a great rest of the week and we'll see you on next Monday. Bye for now.